What's up, what's up, y'all? And thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk About It, where we're talking about biblical principles and living them out in everyday life. I'm your host, Lenita Harris. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about what's your answer? And this came to me because um, oftentimes I've told uh, many people in uh, over the course of my adult life when they've asked me for advice or when they've, you know, come to me um, multiple times saying, you know, with the same issue, the same problem, and it's in their mind, you know, like, they're no, they're actually having a problem and the problem that they're having is in their mind with their thoughts and or they haven't done something or whatever it is. Um, and so this is something that I've said to, to many people throughout my adult life. And now I'm saying it to you guys, or I'm asking you guys the question, what is your answer? So here's the thing. It's really, really easy to think that every thought that you have is yours because it's inside you. So it's very natural to think that whatever thought you have, since it's inside you, it must have been birthed inside you from something you wanted or you desired or you felt, right? It's very natural to think that. But here's the thing that I want you to consider. What if it's not? Okay. And... And even if it is, should it stay? What gives it the right to stay? So here's the thing. Um, We have creative power because the Lord created us in his image, right? God created man in his image. Um, And he's the creator. So him creating us in his image means that we are creators by nature because he in his creative power gave it to us. I want you to understand there's a class. Well, there's no, I mean, there's no class. Angels don't have creative power. Demons don't have creative power. Angels can influence and they can bring messages, but they don't have creative power. We have the creative power. How do we use our creative power guys from a thought or an idea? We think about it, we meditate on it over and over and over again. And the more we meditate on it, the more it becomes a part of our heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So from from a thought, we can think about it and meditate on it so much that it becomes a part of our heart. Once it gets into our heart, then our body, we automatically go into mode, into the mode of how do I make this happen? Because we've thought about it so much, we've meditated on it so much, we automatically want to act it out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and also you act out of the abundance of your heart. So, that being said, when with angels not having creative power. And only being able to do what they were designed to do and created by God to do. I want you to understand as well, just because demons are fallen angels and they 
now work for Satan's kingdom because he has a kingdom as well. It does not mean they lost their purpose. It just means they switched rulers, but they still function how they were supposed to function. Okay. They just function in a way that's not helpful to you. They function, they use what they were created to do, their function and their purpose to destroy you, demons and the fallen angels. So angels being able to influence, demons being able to influence, right? Bring messages and different things of that nature for our consideration. Uh Uh-huh. What then? We, the creative beings, accept those messages or reject those messages and suggestions and if we accept them we go into mode into the mode of figuring out how to create it okay so the topic of what's your answer is it's about thoughts so here's the thing i'm in a new season in my life um I'm a person that I don't, I don't seek for, I really don't seek for leadership positions. I never have uh, sought for leadership positions, Um, but I'm in a situation to where more is being asked of me, more is being required of me, not by man, by God. Okay. And I can either follow the requirement, I can either follow God, trust him and make it and do what's required, or I can disqualify myself and not. How could I disqualify myself? By allowing thoughts that don't line up with his word to affect my creativity. This is what I mean by that. And I'm not talking about the, his word as in uh, his just his written word. I'm talking about his rhema word. The written word is called the logos. The rhema word is called is God's spoken word. Whatever God decides, if it's a spoken word coming straight from heaven, whether he spoke it to my spirit or spoke it to one of his servants or his messengers to give it to me, it bore witness with my spirit. It's the rhema word of God. So anything, any thought that I have or allow to stay in my mind that does not line up with what God has spoken, with what he has said, can take me off course. Any thought that, that directly opposes it, that I, that I accept or allow to stay in my mind, can take me off course. So here's the thing that happened. I was minding my own business. I was fixing some toast. I wanted some jelly toast. So I was fixing some toast and I was just kind of thinking about, um, the, uh, this season that I'm in and this, this, uh, requirement from the Lord for me. And I was just like, man, okay. So I was trying to, trying to figure things out or whatever, or just thinking about it, pondering it. And then all of a sudden the thought came up, why you? What makes you qualified to do this? Why why should it be you and not someone else? And y'all, before before I knew it, that train of uh, that that one thought 
BYU had added on, I don't know how many cars. It had become a full-length train flying through my brain. And the only way I got it to stop was to speak. It was to open my mouth. Have you ever tried to think and speak at the same time? I want you to take a moment right now and try to do it. I want you to think. This is what I want you to do. I want you to think your ABCs. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, N, O, V. I want you to think the ABC song. And then I want you to open your mouth and say hello or something like that. Just I want you to get in the get in the train, get in the habit, or just get in, get the train flowing of your ABC song and then open your mouth and say hello. Go right now. Hello. What happened to your thoughts? Didn't they stop? Yes, of course they did because you can't think and speak at the same time. So if you're having a train of thoughts that is so negative and it's just beating you down, what is your answer? What are you opening your mouth to say? So here, I'll go back to my story. So the train was so long and I don't even remember right now what the last thought was that I had before I actually opened my mouth. Oh, I think it was, you're not qualified for this. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm not allowing this to continue to run in my mind. So I opened my mouth and I said, but God chose me for it. He chose me for it. So I'm going to have to do it and I will do it. And baby, that was the end of the thing. That was the end of the train, everything. And that's not the first time I've done that in my life. I've done that before in other things, um, other areas where I, you know, was afraid of failing or whatever the case was and, and, and failure came up and, oh, you'll fail. But at that point, but at the point where, where that thought was even suggested to me, don't do this because you'll fail. I had gotten so tired of the thoughts. I said, well, maybe I will, but I'm definitely going to try. We'll have to see what happens on the other side. You have to open your mouth to answer the thoughts. You can't just let them run because if you do let them run, the negative trains of thoughts, if you let them run, baby, they will run you into the ground. And that is the goal, to run you into the ground to immobilize you to defeat you before you even start or after you've just barely started whatever it is or after you've after you've started and you've been doing it for a long time the goal is to defeat you before you can complete the assignment because if you complete the assignment that means you learn a lesson when you learn a lesson you have more knowledge so the more you know the more you can use to defeat the kingdom of darkness in your daily life. But if you can be stopped before you even start, or at the very least, before you complete the task, the kingdom of darkness missions, the kingdom of darkness's mission is accomplished. Boom, you're off course or you're defeated. So 
I want the scriptures. Uh, uh, I have four scriptures that I'm going to go to today. I do believe we're going to start in Second Corinthians. And now the, the scripture that came up in my heart was Second Corinthians 10, chapter 10, verse five. So we're going to start there. Right. And it says casting down arguments. It just starts right here in the middle of a thought. So go with me. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, if we just read that right there, it's kind of like, okay, so what happened before it? We're going to back up to verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal meaning they're not tangible they're not something in this natural realm the weapon the weapons of our warfare in verse 4 says are not carnal but mighty in god for now this there's a category there are there's a list of things that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God to do. One, pulling down strongholds. Can you see a stronghold? No. Two, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can you see an argument? No. Bringing in, and not three, bringing into captivity every thought. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Can you see a thought? No. And number four, and being ready, this is verse six, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So whatever disobedience is suggested to you, when you be obedient to what God has said to do, to the instruction that he's given you, you punish disobedience because you don't, you're not disobedient. When you choose obedience, you're not disobedient. So here's the thing, guys. What are we fighting against? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What are we fighting against? Glad you asked the question. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 12. But if you back, if we back up to um, verse 10, we can do that. That's fine. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. His tricks, his tactics that you may be able to stand against all the things that he could use against you. Verse 12, this is our scripture. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're going to pause right there. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We're going to go now flip back to Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So what are we wrestling against? Principalities, against powers, 
against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Guys, I want you to understand something right here. In verse 12, it's just given us one, two, three, four, four classes or categories or a hierarchy even, if you will, of what we're wrestling against and you can't see any of it because it's in the spiritual realm. First category, principalities or princes, right? Powers, rulers of the darkness of this age against and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, we're not wrestling against something that we can see. We're wrestling against something that we cannot see unless our spiritual eyes are opened. Then we'll be able to see what we're fighting. Guys, let's take a take a moment right here to think about it. Let's just think about a boxing match. You can be the boxer, okay? When you see your opponent, you can see how to defeat your opponent. When you see your opponent opponent throwing punches or whatever, they're, maybe they're kicking you, whatever the case is, you can study your opponent because you can see your opponent to see, to, you see your opponent's areas of weakness so that you can capitalize on those areas of weakness. Whatever the case is, if your opponent is throwing a punch at you and you see it coming, guess what you can do? Duck. Because you saw it coming. Or you could put your little just your hands up to block it, whatever the case is, the blow doesn't hurt because you saw it coming. Now, what I want you to do is imagine yourself in the ring and you have opponents all around you, but you cannot see. I want you to imagine. You cannot see the opponents that you have. How are you going to study them? How do you know what's coming near you? I want you to think about a a person that cannot see. They're blind. If a person is blind, what typically happens is their other senses are heightened. Their, Their ears are very, very keen because they have to rely on their other senses since their their um since concerning eyesight they don't have it so they have to rely on their other senses and their other senses are heightened their sense of smell uh how the hearing that taste right and touch they have to rely on those other things and their senses are heightened so imagine you had a blindfold on and you could not see how could you fight effectively If you cannot see your opponent. Let's continue reading. We're going to go. We're going to continue reading. Um, This just popped up. Um, We're going to continue reading for the for the sake of this uh, next point. Uh, This next thought that just came to mind. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. Uh, It's just it's just given us the class of. the basically the, the demonic kingdom that we're wrestling against, right? Right? So verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When is the evil day? Right now. Baby, these are the days of evil. And having done all to stand. After you've done all you can to stand, keep on standing. And this is how you can do it. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So right now we got truth around our waist. We got a breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you got your feet covered with the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So faith, you know, Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith, your belief in something that you cannot see, your belief in the word that God has given you, whether it's the logos, the written word, or whether it's his rhema word, your belief in it and your willingness to fight for it, to see it come to pass, that is your faith. And that faith will help you quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And now take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. (laughs) I want to pause right here. Of all of those pieces of armor, because we haven't the, we're not done with the armor. But of all those pieces of armor, how many of those were offensive? Let's look at them. We got the girdle of truth around our waist. So that's protecting precious things around our waist, right? Hmm. We got the breastplate of righteousness, all right? So that's protecting something up here uh, in our chest, right? We've got our feet covered. Hmm. So that's 3. We've got a shield Okay, which is faith. That's four. And now we got a helmet of salvation. That's five. And we got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, whether it's the rhema or the logos. We have six pieces of armor mentioned so far right here. And only one of them thus far is offensive. So we have five defensive pieces and one offensive piece. You know, that tends to tell me that I'm going to be attacked. That the things are coming for me, honey. They are coming for me. And I need to be protected. And more things are going to come at me, okay, that, I need, that I'm going to be able to deal with. Because I only got one weapon so far. Verse 18 we're going to start at 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Prayer. With honey, listen, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, Praying in the spirit and being watchful. That's that last piece that people tend to leave out when they're talking about that armor. But the the prayer and being watchful and praying with all supplication in the spirit. That's the part that's very, very important and key. It's as key as all the other, as all the other pieces of the armor. <laughs> Why is it key? Because we're wrestling against things we cannot see. 
with our physical eyes. So we need to be able to see with our spiritual eyes, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The reason I went back to this scripture is to talk is to get to that one scripture right there. Being able to pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit because we're talking about things that we cannot see. So we need to have on our armor. So and we need to be praying and watchful in the spirit. We need our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears to be keen so that we can hear from the Lord and also so that we can be aware of when attacks from the kingdom of darkness are coming our way and are coming against us. Because we've all been there where we got punched. We were, I mean, we were just going our, our, our merry little way and figuratively we got punched in the spirit because we didn't even see it coming. Boom. And that punch might have hurt. It might have hurt. It might have come in the form of a thought. It might have come in the form of a spoken word by somebody else trying to tear you down. Whichever way it came, it might have come in the form of a quote unquote unanswered prayer. A let a disappointment. Somebody died and you were believing the Lord that they would live and declare the works of the Lord and they got on out of here. Boom, it was a blow. It was a blow. We have to be watchful and mindful in the spirit so that we can see and hear, be aware of the attacks of the enemy when they're coming for us, right? Because that's what it says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's verse 13, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, says it again. That you may be able to stand against the the wiles of the devil. The tricks and his tactics. Now. It's it's real. It really is real. The principalities and everything of that that nature. I want to show you. Let's go to Daniel. I'm going to go to Daniel. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 10. And we're going to start here at verse 12. Well, actually, here we go. We're going to go. We're going to start at verse two so that you can see the condition Daniel was in. So if you read back, like uh, if you go back a few chapters, Daniel has been having all these visions. Child, these, these visions have been taking Daniel through. They, they have been much for Daniel. <laughs> and so um, in chapter one, uh, I mean, not chapter one, chapter 10, we'll start at verse one. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, uh, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. I think we'll see. We'll say that that's what it is. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had under, and, and had understanding of the vision. Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. Come on now, that's 21 days. Verse 3. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. This man was fasting. He was fasting. These visions were, they were getting him, y'all. They were getting him. And they were going to go down to verse, uh, verse 12. So, well, mm, 
So what ends up happening while Daniel's in this condition, he opens his eyes and well, he said, you guys just read it. Verse five, I lifted my eyes and I looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of, of euphaz. Verse six, his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Verse seven, and I, Daniel alone, saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. I want to pause right here real quick. And I want to let you know, just because your spiritual eyes and ears are keen and you can hear something clearly and you can see something clearly or you can know by the spirit of God something very clearly. And you're with other people who are supposed to be spiritual as well. Baby, just because you see it don't mean they're going to see it. I just want to point. I just want to stay right there. I just want to point that out just because. You're among people that are supposed to be spiritual or Christian or whatever. It doesn't mean that they're going to see the thing that God wants you to see or know the thing that God wants you to know. Because when he, when God decides to open your spiritual eyes, that is something for you and you alone. When he decides to open your spiritual ears so that you're made aware of the spiritual realm more than you're made aware of this natural realm, that's an experience for you and you alone at that time. So don't think that just because it's three or four of y'all, y'all done came into a prayer circle or whatever y'all doing, and you didn't got a vision and other people haven't seen it. Don't, don't automatically discount what you got just because you don't have someone else to say amen. Or just because you don't have someone else to corroborate what the Lord showed you. What you do is you write it down. You sit with it. You sit with it. Don't go blabbing unless the Lord tells you to say something. But you sit with it to make sure it lines up with the word and the spirit. Because the spirit and the word always agree. Why do the spirit and the word always agree? Because they're one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, so long before we ever had a written word, the word is Jesus Christ. And the three of them, the Jesus, uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were all together at the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> okay, if we go back to Genesis, they were all together in the beginning. So the spirit and the word always agree. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do anything that's contrary to this written word. He's not, because the spirit and the word always agree. So just because someone does not cosign, don't automatically discount what you got. You Sometimes you just got to sit with that thing. Like Daniel. If you go back and you read these visions, I think they started in chapter 7. Baby, wasn't nobody seeing this stuff but Daniel? Which is why he was troubled. <laughs> he was troubled. Okay. Now we're going to pick back up. All right. So the people that he was with. Right. They did not see the vision. This is verse seven. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. So now it was just Daniel. Verse eight. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Verse nine. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face. 
with my face to the ground. The baby was prostrate here, prostrate. Verse 10, this is the verse that I wanted to get to. Suddenly a hand, or verse 12 is what I'm going to get to. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Verse 11, and he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12, this is what I wanted to say. This is what we're talking about. Proving that uh, principalities are real, right? Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. From the first day that you set your heart to understand. And to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, we're talking about the archangel Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So Daniel is having a vision in the spirit because his eyes and his ears have been opened. The people that were with him are gone. Honey, they didn't fled, they didn't fled and hid themselves, right? And now Daniel alone is experiencing this. There's a messenger here in some form. He described the form right there earlier, right? There's a messenger here saying, Listen, the first time you said something, we heard you, brother. The Lord heard you, and I was sent immediately because of your words, because of what you wanted to know. I was sent immediately to get you the message, but I was held up in the spirit. The prince or the principality, right? The one that controlled Persia of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. 21 days in the natural realm and behold michael one of the chief princes had to come help me out so there had to be a higher ranking angel to come help this particular messenger to war off the kingdom of darkness right so that this messenger could get free to bring the answer to daniel 21 days is how long in the natural it took for the answer to come. Now here, here's what I want to here's what I want to want to get you to think about now. How much stuff have we prayed for that we did not see a result for, but we walked away from? Can you think I want you to get it right now, get in your mind just two or three things. Some of us, I mean, we have way more than two two or three things. All of us have way more than two or three things. But Here's what I want you to think. Why did we walk away? Was it taking too long? Did we think we weren't heard? God hears every single prayer. Every single thing we say. Every single thing we pray. The Lord said in his word, if you ask anything according to my will, it'll be given to you. If you ask anything in my name, it'll be given to you is what he said. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the interesting, here's the part it, it, uh, with that. It, when other people's wills 
come into play with whatever you're asking for, that person has a will, just like you have a will. So in the cases of spouses, hopefuls, or, or you needing somebody to do something for you, or wanting someone to not die, and they get on out of here, that person has a will. And if that person's will is not lining up with whatever you want, God will grant them what they want, just like he'll grant you what you want, because they have a free will. They have a free will. And I always tell people, and especially in the cases of deaths, you don't know what, what decision that person made when they were just between, when it was just them and God. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. And obviously, if they got on out of here, that was what happened. They got on out of here. You know what I'm saying? And which is why our, so in, in cases, when people ask me to pray for healing, before I ever get to praying, I want to know what the will of the Lord is concerning whatever's going on. Because the thing is this, I don't want to get to praying and, and quoting scripture and throwing it around just because I know it. When whatever's coming upon them, that other person could be judgment from their own actions. It could be things that God tried to warn them for, to, to warn them about, but they didn't listen. And this was their result. This was the end. So before I pray for healing or anything like that, I'm like, look, what is going on in the situation? What is this person's will? What scriptures are they standing on? Because they're going to they're gonna have to fight as well, right? I need to know these things. And I need to know what the will of the Lord is concerning the situation. So before I pray, what's the will of the Lord? I get in my own, prayer, my own private time. I say, Father, what is your will here in this situation? And I pray according to that. Because that's what's going to happen. That was a, a total side journey. Not sure where it even came from but the point is so on the point if we're getting back on track here the point here is the prolonging of the manifestation that we want to see you know oh what's the scripture come on now um whatsoever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever is loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven you know what i've known that scripture for so long I've known it for so long, but it just got, I just got new revelation concerning it in my own personal prayer time. You know what revelation I got? Now there's, there's many things that this could mean, but this is, this is what we're going on. I'm just going on this one part right here. When you bind the devil and the kingdom of darkness and any force that's unseen that you can't see. You can't hear when you bind it in the in the name of Jesus and the authority that's been given to you. And tell it to go that it cannot operate when you bind the kingdom of darkness and you also lose your ministering angel, your your. Ah, there's another scripture. I don't know what the reference is because it just popped up. Um, the scripture references um, are not are not the angels ministering spirits. Uh, let me just find it. 
Give me one second, guys, because I want to take you to it in the word. I want to take you to it. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want to take you to it in the word. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Let's go to it. Hebrews, where you at? Hebrews. 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 Alright, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 says, uh, well verse 13 says, but to which of the angels has, has he, the Lord, ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies my footstool, or till I make your enemies your footstool. The verse 14, are they, talking about the angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Guys, who, who, who gets, who inherits the salvation? We as humans do. This scripture just told us, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? This just told us the angels work for us. Listen, if we have angels that work for us, why are we acting like we're doing this alone? Why are we acting like we have to fight so, so hard in the natural realm when we have angels that we can't see assigned to us in the spiritual realm to work for us. If you bind the kingdom of darkness and you loose your ministering angels, your ministering angels, according to Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, that are assigned to you to bring forth the manifestation from the spiritual realm into this natural realm. Baby, you cutting out that middleman. You're cutting out that opposition there. I want you to just adopt that into your prayer life and just see, just see how quickly things manifest in your life. Because right here in, in Daniel chapter 10, we saw that the messenger was held up for 21 days. In the natural realm, it was 21 days. What if he had given up on the fourth day? Here's the thing. What if what you're praying for was going to take 365 days and you walked away on day 123? Does that mean you weren't going to get it or that you gave up too soon? The Bible says also, uh, be not weary in well-doing for in due season, you will reap if you faint not you're gonna reap you're gonna reap you just have to stay in the thing until you see the thing you have to stay with it stick with it until you see the manifestation now faith is the substance is the substance the manifestation of things hoped for you can't see a hope but you can see substance now faith is the manifestation of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we have to, and what is faith? Faith is the shield that we can use to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's what we were just told in the word there. So we have to hang in there with the thing until we see the thing. But if you bind the kingdom of darkness and the principalities and the powers and the rules, whatever else, when you bind the kingdom of darkness and loose your angels to go forth unhindered because you've now bound 
the kingdom of darkness, which is well within your authority as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, because everything that he is now lives in you. If you've accepted him as your Lord and personal savior and asked him to wash you clean, all of that authority is yours. All, what did he say? All, Jesus Christ said, all authority has been given to me on the earth in the heaven and below all of it. And it is yours that you have access to through him. So why are you walking around like you don't? Why do we walk around like we don't? Because we're human, I suppose. And we always need a reminder. Right? So what's your answer? What's your answer? Last scripture that we're going to go to. Man, many things have been said here. We were just supposed to be talking about thoughts. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Some of you already know what it is. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Philippians 4 verse 8 just told us what types of things we're supposed to think on. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 told us to take into captivity every thought that would try to exalt itself against or above the knowledge of God. So if it's a thought that is contrary to the word, whether it be written word or the rhema word, what are we supposed to do? Take it captive. We're supposed to cast it down. We're supposed to not accept it. We're supposed to answer it, not just let it run free. You can't just let it run free. You have to capture it and cast it down so that what remains exalted is the word, the truth of God. And you're supposed to meditate, think on the things that are true, lovely, just, noble, of good report. Those are the things we're supposed to think about. Think about. So now here, here's my last thing that I want you, I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine all the negative thoughts, all the things that you might say to yourself, or all the thoughts that you let run rampant in your mind when you're not having such a great day. When you're sad, when you're down, whatever. Disappointed, scared, whatever the case is, afraid. Think about all those things that you might say to yourself or that you let play in your mind. You're ugly. You're fat. You can't do this. I don't even know why you thought you could get out here and run this marathon. You can't run this marathon. Look at you. You 200 pounds overweight. Look at that person next to you. They are cool 120 and you out here thinking you about to run a marathon. Man, you won't make it down halfway down the street. Man, don't nobody like you. You ugly, just like your mama said you was. All these things, all these thoughts. I want you to think about those things that you allow to play in your head. What's the thing that you haven't completed that God asked you to do, that God told you to do? What were the reasons you didn't do it? 
Think about all those things that happen. They only happen in your mind, right? Only in your mind. Now I want you to think, because it was just you in the room, so it was only in your mind. And you got defeated, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to imagine myself or somebody else standing right next to you in that room saying all that stuff to you. What would you do? Would you punch him? Would you fight? Would you just allow it? You wouldn't say nothing? They are going in. You ugly, you fat, you whatever, you done a lot of this, you just slept with everybody, you pro have do all. I'm talking about they going in on you. You just gonna sit there and take it. Or you gonna say something. Come on now, nine times out of ten, you gonna say something to try to what? Get them to stop. Some of us might get a little upset and get to punching. Because there's something there that we can see. We know where it's coming from. But we get tricked when it's just in our mind because we think it's coming from us. But according to Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers. We have to be spiritually keen and wise to know and recognize the wiles of the devil. Anything that's coming against the word of God to you must go. Because the word is truth and everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. Even how you feel that you may be justified in feeling, if it's if it's in direct contradiction to the word of God, it's a lie. Don't matter how comfortable you are in it. It's a lie. You comfortable in a lie and deception. It's a lie. It's a lie. And the wages of sin is death. Just saying. I ain't say that. That's what the word said. So listen. What is your answer from now on, what is your answer? What has the Lord told you to do? What is he requiring of you? What have you been commissioned to do? Why haven't you done it? What's stopping you? We started this message by saying, angels don't have creative power. We do. The goal of the kingdom of darkness is one. To defeat us. To get us to destroy ourselves. Because he roars like a lion. Or he roams like a lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Like a lion. Like a lion. He ain't even a lion. But he look, he like one. See what I'm saying? But when you listen. But when you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you use your authority, he has nothing. You know why he has nothing? Because he's already lost. What does it say in Colossians? Where are we at? What is that? Colossians 2, 28? Is that what it is? No, it ain't 28 verses in there. Come on now. Somebody know where it's at. Where it says he whipped principalities. 
We got to Google that one too, baby. That just came up as well. With principalities. Where we at? Made a show of them openly. That's in Colossians, right? Colossians 2.15. Child 1 verse 28. 2.15. Uh-huh. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, Having disarmed principality. Well, we can start in verse 14. The, the bottom of verse 14 says, And he, talking about Jesus, has taken it out of the way. Oh, having wiped out the the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. That's what he did. That's what Jesus did. And when he lives in you, you have that same authority. So when you enforce the authority, the authority that's been given and given to you rightfully so because you are heir to the kingdom of God. Right. When you enforce that authority, nothing can stand against you because it's already been defeated against his authority. So when you enforce that thing. You ever been driving? Just riding, minding your own business. And a police car pull up behind you and start flashing lights. Baby, I'm talking about instant fear. Why? Because of the authority that those blue lights represent. It's what it represents. Because you know they have something that you don't have. And it's authority. So they are, quote unquote, over you. You are subject to them. Baby, understand you are the policeman and these demons, these principalities, whatever it is, honey, they are subject to the authority that's in you. But if you roll up on a cop or somebody that has authority, but don't know how to use it, baby, you can take them for everything they got because you've deceived them into thinking that they ain't got nothing. What do you think the kingdom of darkness is doing to us day in, day out? He's the father. First of all, the enemy is the father of lies. So deception is his method. It's his method. He deceives you into thinking that you don't have what you already have, that you ain't never going to get it. And he keeps you bound because you continue to create failures in your life. You continue to abort missions in your life. You're using your creative power in reverse. His mission is accomplished, which means you're furthering his agenda. If you're, if you're not furthering God's agenda, baby, you're automatically furthering his agenda because his agenda is to keep you from not furthering God's agenda. So what's your answer? What has your answer been? And what's it going to be now? You got to answer that thing one way or another. You're going to answer it by giving it what it wants. Are you gonna are you gonna put disobedience down with obedience? Which one? Let's rise up, kingdom. Let's rise up, kingdom of God. The hour and the time is now. No excuses. You only have today. Today. Yesterday is gone. You can't live off what you did yesterday. It's already happened. Tomorrow ain't here yet. Sufficient for tomorrow is its own troubles. All you got is today. What are you doing with your today? What's your answer? 
Thank you so much for tuning into another podcast. I love you very, very much. Like, comment, subscribe, whatever, whatever choices you have at the time that you hear this. And message me. Let me know your thoughts, uh, concerns, whatever the case is. I'd love to hear from you. Love you. Until next time. Yeah.